Whether you're fighting human trafficking or free speech or freedom of religion, where are you going to find the courage to take on that tyranny? My name is Tim Ballard, and this is my story. I am a husband first, and then a father to nine children, two that are adopted, and I run one of the largest anti-trafficking organizations in the world called Operation Underground Railroad. So I was born in Glendale, California, uh, raised in La Cañada, and my family is one um, of kind of a single mindset in terms of occupation. They built quite a legacy of uh, commercial real estate. And for some reason, from an early age, I knew I wasn't going to participate in the family business. Uh, I wanted to be a cop. And I think a lot of that had to do with a, a traumatic event that happened to me when I was eight years old. My brother and I were um, in Montrose, and this van pulls up, and these two guys jump out with gloves on. And it was no question in my mind, it was, it was a kidnap attempt. He got his hands on my brother. We, we ended up running, hiding in the library. And, and from that point on, I just saw the world as a place that could be very dangerous for children. But it was those original moments that I actually thank God for. I believe they were purposeful and kind of ignited in me a, a mission. And from eight years old on, I never turned back. I knew that's what I was going to be. I uh, was hired right out of grad school to work at the CIA. And, and then six months into that, I'm ripped from this dream job and told, you're gonna go fight child sex crimes. And I was just like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, this is not my calling, this is not, I can't do that. No one knew the extent of what was happening um, in the early 2000s. It was the beginning of the creation of the Internet Crimes Against Children Task Forces, and we were really just waking up to, to these vast numbers. I mean, even at that time, it was the fastest growing criminal enterprise in the world. You can sell a bag of cocaine one time. You can sell a child up to 20 times in a 24-hour period, and that's not an exaggeration. In fact, I've seen the numbers higher than that. And, and so it's lucrative. And that's when my, I felt like my work really, really started. The very first case I worked, it was a bunch of CDs and things that we just seized, and I had to look through it. And I'm watching these videos, and. It was three little boys that were like three, five, and eight, the same age as my kids. And they look like my kids. They're all blonde hair, blue eyes. And I remember watching this video, and I could not believe what I was watching. I thought child exploitation material was something different. I thought it was like 16-year-olds that like couldn't almost look like adults. That's what I thought it was. Because a decent mind can't wrap its head around the fact that prepubescent children could be raped. And I remember falling to my knees, like thinking I want to pray to God or something. Like I had a total freak out. I drove to my kid's school. I, I lied to the administrator, said they had dentist appointments. I just needed them out. And, and I'm just hugging my children, crying. You know, it broke my heart. And I went to my bosses and told them this experience. And so as is mandatory, you know, they start sending us to therapy. And I got trained on how to not see your kids in the faces of these others. And I have nine kids. So you can give me any age of, of a child victim we're trying to help. And I can find a child that fits. And I couldn't help it. I finally got to the point where I could do these operations. We're now in one of the first operations at OUR. I had to quit my job in order to 
actually have the time to infiltrate this false orphanage in Haiti. I get this intel about this orphanage. We're actually looking for an American citizen child who had been kidnapped in Haiti, and all evidence led to this false orphanage. And I remember working with the police, and they said, we don't know what this place is. It wasn't a registered orphanage, so they're clearly selling kids. I'm standing at this gate under the instruction of the Haitian government to go in undercover. I have cameras all over me, and I'm going in to look for this one little boy we're looking for, but they said, look, if, if they're selling kids to you, you have to buy one, and that will catch them in the act, and we'll know what their intent is, what they're doing. So something happened outside that gate. I looked in, and I had never seen so many kids. My defenses let down, and I started having this occurrence that I'm supposed to fight, which is I start seeing my kids' faces again. And I'm like, okay, standing outside the gate, let's do my practices, let's do my meditation, get it out. And something told me, I think it was God, don't do it. And I was so scared, because I'm like, am I gonna freak out? So I walk into the place, and within minutes, they're offering me this whatever I want. I was like, walk into a pet store. This one's beautiful, this one does this. I turn around and I see this little boy, and he didn't see me. I was looking at his, the back of his head, and but something happened, some cool spiritual connection, because this little boy just about faces, looks right at me. He's about a year and a half, throws his hands in the air and walks over to me. And I pick him up and I hold him. And I just felt this call, like, this is the one you're supposed to buy. So I walk into this outbuilding and the deeper I get into the belly of this smelly, dark, edifice, the quieter it gets. And I flip around and there's this beautiful child with a bloody gash over her eye. Um, there's a lot of abuse happening. The, the teacher, there's a guy named the teacher there who literally carried a whip around his neck. So I, I'm curious, there's this little girl and she's looking at me like pissed, like she's gonna scream or something. So I give her a candy bar and I tell her, take it outside and eat it outside, which always works. You know, I have a bunch of kids, this works. But this little girl does something I've never seen a kid do. She takes that candy bar and she cuts it in half. It was like muscle memory, not even thinking, and placed the other half of the bar into this little boy's hands. And, and that's when it hit me. This little boy is the little brother. So I kneel down and take both their hands and tell them. I, it's the first time I ever broke the cardinal rule of undercover operations by revealing who I was. And I told them through the best Creole that I could and a little English, and they got it. I'm on your side. I'm not taking your little brother. We're staying together. You're staying together. We end up getting to the hotel. The deal is done. Money's exchanged. The cops come in, arrest everybody, and it's awesome. It's a great thing. They raid the orphanage, get the other 26 kids out and into good homes and good places. And I call my wife that night. I hear this silence on the other line as I tell this story. And she says, where are their parents? So the parents are dead. Where are they gonna go now? Well, they're gonna go to an orphanage in Haiti that's at least safe. They're not selling the kids, at least. And she said, I can't, I can't let that happen. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, I wanna be their mother. I said, what are you crazy? We have six kids. I just quit my job. We have no savings. Um, and she's like, I don't care. That has no bearing on this decision. When I feel it, I'm gonna do it. We worked on it for several years. 
uh, and brought Cole and Colleen, my brother and sister, home, and they're now our family. And it was the best thing I ever did. We estimate well over 200,000 children right now in the United States who are being exploited sexually in, in a commercial sex trade. And that number keeps growing and growing, especially right now. The, the greatest population of child sex offenders live here. There was a case 30 miles from my home not long ago. It doesn't even register that our kids could be playing with a pedophile. We think they're playing the computer because we're not paying attention. Turns out this guy's 42-year-old guy from Salt Lake City. He was playing and he, on the message board, had convinced these six-year-old girls to take their clothes off and take naked pictures of themselves and send to him. Luckily, he was caught before he actually engaged with them. You need to understand, there's no profile for this. It's not the dirty, gross guy that you think. It's anyone. And so there's no question that the people that are partaking of this are in the highest levels of corporations, government. And so I do think there is a pressure from them to protect themselves and others by not letting this become a big deal. So when I start talking about this, people start turning off their radios and their TVs and their, you know, their YouTube because they don't want to see it. And so I completely empathize with people who say, I don't want to talk about this. I have grandchildren, I have children. Um, but the lesson I learned, which we need to pass on to others is, we have to engage. So parents need to wake up. They're teaching these first graders this material. They're teaching prepubescent children sex education. If an adult is talking about sex and showing diagrams and pictures, it's illegal to do it. But all of a sudden, if a teacher does it, now we're gonna call it legal and healthy. And they're having them question their gender by showing them pornographic images. The, the inconsistency of what's going on here, and you're teaching our kids, it's okay to do this. It's okay to be sexualized. It's okay to, uh, and basically they're making themselves completely vulnerable. We're desensitizing people, the boys to become pedophiles or sex addicts or dysfunctional husbands. And, and we're teaching the girls to promote it by being sexual. The kids are the ones who we're gonna destroy. If we keep down this path, I'm telling you, we're gonna have more victims and more predators. And it's our kids who will become the victims and the predators, thanks to the indoctrination of, of what's happening in so many schools and continuing to grow. Parents have to know everything that exists on whatever digital platform device your child is, 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 is utilizing, whether it's, whether it's an iPad or an iPhone, do you know what the apps are? Do you know what the games are? I don't think God sent us to this earth to float down a river and be ignorant and blissful. He sent us down here to fight evil. We're up against an industry that will fight tooth and nail against it. I can't tell you how many times mainstream say, oh, we can't talk about this, or this is too hard on our audience. We're trying to be a happy show. And so we need to talk about it with those willing, like PragerU and others who are willing to go into the darkness with light and shine that light. And that's how we're gonna be able to, 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 to liberate and to, and to um, bring these children out and bring them home. I don't regret making this decision at all. I have moments where I'm like, what have I gotten into? Um, and I'm not gonna lie, there's moments when I wanna quit. Uh, 
because the burden and the darkness can be super overwhelming. But in the end, what drives me and compels me to continue on the path is really those two children that we rescued. Seeing their happy faces every day, knowing that there's millions of others who do not have those happy faces, and that's it. Between that and knowing I have to meet my maker someday and have to answer the question, did you do everything you could? Uh, between those two things, I, I stay pretty motivated and I don't regret. And this is what I wish the nation would open up to and wake up to. Whether you're fighting human trafficking or free speech or freedom of religion, or you know, you're fighting the, the government who's trying to control your life or take your kids from you and think they can educate your children better than, I mean, these are real fights we're all having. How, where are you gonna find the courage to take on that tyranny, but in the moment, you feel that, that, that kind of godly courage that he loans to you. Uh, and, and that's available to everybody. Let God fill you with that power and that courage, and you can stand up. Thank you so much for watching this episode. We're asking you to consider making a tax deductible donation to PragerU and providing this amazing service to bring truth and light to the world.